Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast giving out picks like Corral against Arkansas. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. All right, Alabama and Georgia have pretty clearly separated themselves from the pack in college football. In this episode, we're going to discuss who the third best team is in the country, which is a lot tougher question. Oh, yeah. Uh, but let's break down week five first. So, Trey, what was your first takeaway? Well, I had to look at the the Pac-12. Um, we, we saw Oregon lose this this weekend. And so far this season, the Pac-12 just seems to play musical chairs as to kind of who you think is the best team. At the beginning, you thought USC would be up there. Uh, then they lost to Stanford and Oregon State, and Clay Helton gets fired. Oregon was then kind of the the clear leader, especially after their win at uh, at Ohio State. But then they just lost to Stanford this weekend in a crazy overtime game. You know, it looked like Stanford ran about five fades at the goal line to force OT, which God, they they ended up doing. Crazy. <laughs> And then, and then you have UCLA, like they were rolling after they beat LSU and now they've lost a couple this weekend, Oregon state beat one of the preseason favorites, Washington to be, uh, now two and zero in the conference. And now Arizona state seems like the, the team that's at the top after they just kind of put it to UCLA in the Rose bowl this weekend, they shut DTR and the Bruins out in the second half. Very impressive win for Herm's boys. Yeah, for sure. It definitely is. I can't figure that conference out at all. Um, I mind, I'm going to start with this. The Cincinnati's big win uh, at Notre Dame. Of course, we're heading into the year. We knew in Cincinnati had two huge games on their schedule at Indiana and at Notre Dame that they had to have if they had any aspirations for playoff um, for making the playoff. And they got both of them. So, you know, they're they're alive. Um, unfortunately, Indiana's down and. I mean, hey, this was Notre Dame's first loss, and since he's going to need Notre Dame to keep winning here, um, but since the Cincinnati did what they needed to do, they they controlled the game. Their defense is great. Um, Desmond Ritter was solid; didn't make any big mistakes. Um, this is kind of just the Cincinnati formula that they've had for going on for like almost three years now. So uh, I think they've proved themselves. I hope they get a shot at the playoff because you know at this point, you know I feel like they might be one of those deserving teams. But we'll talk about that more in a bit. But. Just a huge win for for Cincy and Notre Dame. Kind of finally ran out of close close wins. They they finally caught up to him. So I think they were kind of due for a loss. Yeah. So getting to to Cincinnati's chances at, at the playoff. Um, well, they, you're right. They're going to be cheering as hard for Notre Dame. I feel like as they are for even their own team. If you're a fan of Cincinnati, because that's yep. that seems to be the main. You know, that's going to be their big resume builder there. Yeah, if, if Notre Dame goes eleven and one and Cincy's undefeated. Since he's going to the playoff, I would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but my thoughts were, you know, I mean, this has kind of been brewing the past few weeks, but this has a chance to be the weakest bubble of the playoff era, which is why you can't eliminate teams after one loss, or in some cases, maybe even after two losses. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh, but you know, Alabama and Georgia we mentioned are great, and they're looking like high probability to to maybe both make the playoff. Um, but after that, the ACC is likely to have a multiple loss champ. I would say, uh, in the big 10, Ohio state already has a loss. So a two loss champ there is, is certainly possible. Trey, you brought up the, the crap shoot in the pac 12. It's difficult to envision a one loss champ, uh, at this point. And, and then you've got 
outside of the the power five you've got uh cincinnati will will have a shot um i'm trying to think oh byu is still undefeated they're they're yeah not i don't think as good as cincinnati of course but yeah if they keep winning they'll they'll be in the discussion especially with like i said you know kind of a a weak slate potentially of power five uh resumes no coastal carolina michael Coastal, <laughs> sure. Throw them in there. Why not? <laughs> yeah. No shot. Um, well, I'll shift over now to, I was starting the Pac-12. Now I got to go to a Big Ten team, Iowa. They made a statement uh, against Maryland on Friday night, and they were only a field goal favorite, but they won 51-14, to 14, and notably, they forced seven turnovers. Now, they lead the nation in turnover margin, and they're just, that defense is playing incredibly Obviously, I mean, I know the game dictated it, but Petrus played one of his better games. He threw for three touchdowns, pretty efficient. And this game, actually, it really reminded me of two years ago, 2019. Maryland had started off so well the first couple games. They were ranked, and then Penn State just thumped them, and it was also on a Friday night. You know, Maryland's talent, it's improved, and Talia Tagovailoa, he's good, but you can tell they're just still a a little ways from, from being a a Big Ten player, but a very impressive win for Iowa. That's what I was feeling going into that game. I was like, nah, Maryland's not ready yet. They're not ready yet. Iowa's You're right. Just, yeah, Iowa's just, they're going to suck it to them. All right. <laughs> and Tunga Valoa <laughs> is one of those where he's just been either has a great game or has a horrendous game. It seems like it's every right. game in his short career so far. Fair enough. That's true. Uh, all right, my next one is uh, Kentucky. They got a huge win. Uh, they upset Florida uh, at home. It's the first home win, you know, first win in, for Kentucky against uh, Florida in Lexington since 1986. So uh, I was just born, and or no, I wasn't born. Excuse me, you Trey was born. just born. My bad. <laughs> Forget what year I was born. <laughs> uh, so it's been a while. Been a while. Florida honestly was probably the better team in this game. Uh, they had the ball for longer. They had a lot more yards. Uh, but they had the game change. Kentucky had the game changing play, the the blocked field goal for a touchdown. That was that was the difference right there. Um, and Kentucky kind of held on there um, and ended up getting the big Doug W. Will Levis, the quarterback for Kentucky, he struggled pretty badly. Uh, but hey, that's Kentucky, man. <laughs> they they don't have they, they they can pull out some games with the ground game. Chris Rodriguez is solid. Wandale Robinson is at least kind of like seems like their only threat on the perimeter. But hey, they do enough to win, and now they got a big one with LSU coming to Lexington this week. So. They're five and zero. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. Well, Florida was just so many penalties in that game for yeah, them they, too. When they're trying to, it was ugly. Yeah. Florida should have won that, but yep, they didn't. Uh, my next topic I got to bring up is Jim Harbaugh is back. He is back. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Michigan won at Wisconsin, thirty-eight seventeen. Wisconsin's offense just continues to be brutal. But as for Michigan, you know, it's I, I say back, meaning like. Not back to where, oh, he's the best coach in college football like we kind of maybe thought at one point. Just back to, hey, Michigan is that 10-win type team that they they had been. That last year was just kind of the the big aberration, and that's, you know, they're back. Uh, they got a good defense yeah. led by Aiden Hutchinson. The the offense has has been efficient. Kate McNamara made some plays against Wisconsin. It's like it went back to what it was under Shea Patterson. It was like, you yeah. know, pretty good, but, yeah. you know, but not not great. Good enough, enough to to, win. to yeah. win ten games, but probably not make the playoff. We'll see. I mean, there's it is a like I said a weaker bubble this year, so yeah, they got Michigan does have a legit chance to make the playoff. But 
yeah. that's uh, a long way down the road. Yep. All right. I'm going to go a little off the radar here, but uh, Kenny Pickett is a storyline now. Yeah, he's we, good you know, now. Some of the, some <laughs> of the top com- contenders we've seen kind of fall off in the Heisman race, at least through the first you know five weeks or so. Pickett, he, there's no reason he can't at least have his name in the ring there. Like he just threw for almost 400 yards and four touchdowns where they destroyed Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech had obviously we'd seen just handled North Carolina, almost won at, at uh, Clemson. Jeff Collins after the game was just raving about Pickett. So he now has Pitt at four and one. He's completed over 70% of his passes. He has a 19 to one touchdown to interception ratio, and he's second in the nation in pass efficiency. It's like, who is this guy? Where was this guy the last few years? It, it's, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, like, he probably obviously won't necessarily win the Heisman, but he's going to have some opportunities in ACC games coming up to at least prove he could be a finalist. Yeah, yeah. It's too, they lost a close one to Western Michigan, I think, yeah, their only loss. It's too, they're, you know, they're not too great, but they're one. good enough. Yeah, no, yeah. And it's it's crazy. He was this, he, it's kind of having a John Wolford type of senior year where just out of nowhere, he's good. Oh, I thought Michael was going to say something there. He loves John Wolford. <laughs> I do. I'm glad you brought him up. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my last uh, takeaway here is just kind of what happened to the old uh, Ole Miss offense uh, in that last, in that Alabama game. I know Bama's good, of course, but Ole Miss scored a grand total of zero points in the first half. Um, and just flashback a year ago, Ole Miss could pretty much do whatever they wanted against Alabama's defense. Um, oh, so in a Ryan, year's time, I'm going to stop you there. Ole Miss just got stuffed on another fourth down. <laughs> oh. yeah. Hey, th- yeah, Lane's definitely catching some heat for that. But hey, you got to go for those. You have to. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe you could get a little more creative on you know, don't do three straight runs out the middle type thing. But the decision to go for it was right in every instance. I mean, you're not going to beat Bama kicking a field goal. Obviously, your defense can't keep them can't and you're not going to make a field goal from your own 30 or whatever it was that one time well, that they, too well that too i but, it, but they got stuff like i think the first one was like at the bama inside the bama 10 yeah or something yeah like that. no i agree i was all for going for it yeah. I, I know bud elliott punched it into some fourth down calculator i'm not even sure which yeah. one but he said all all of them were the right decision and that doesn't surprise me especially in that game i think too like you know if yeah. you're the huge underdog you know like you got to go for it so um but besides that besides going for it i mean it's just i thought they were going to move the ball at least a little bit against bama i mean bama's got a good defense but i didn't know they were going to be that uh stout against Ole miss's offense which we thought was elite matt corral was getting pressured left and right he had nobody to throw it to they couldn't run the ball i mean they just were totally shut down so um it, bama just kind of separated themselves even more um just just i'm just i'm disappointed in Ole miss's offense i thought they were going to do better I agree. I I thought so too. That's why I made them my lock, and they they almost got the the like cheapest backdoor cover yeah. ever. But <laughs> yeah, not they quite. tried. They tried. Um, and you know, Lane's aware of the point spread. He talks about it. But uh, I'll, I got to bring up the other. We brought up Alabama, Georgia. Their defense is just insanely Stupid. dominant. They haven't played like a great offense yet, of course. But still, in five games this season, they've given up one touchdown. And they just blew out Arkansas 37 nothing. Uh, defense is, is insane. We don't know, I, I think, quite the upside of the offense yet with with JT Daniels. Of course, Stetson Bennett was uh, starting in this game with, with JT Daniels out. But they could, they could easily go undefeated with Stetson Bennett up until the, the SEC title. Yeah, I think so too. It's, they're that good. Bennett just like, he didn't have to throw the ball at all against Arkansas. No, just, no. 
<laughs> they literally could have thrown zero passes and they would have won. I, I, that is, that is right. <laughs> that is oh, correct. Yep. yep. Arkansas was not going to score. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's get to our segment that I teased at the beginning of the episode. Simple question. Who is the third best team in college football? Um, and so let's make the case for, for a couple of teams each. We just kind of randomly divvied these out and we're just going to make the case. And at the end of it, we'll say ultimately who, who we think is the third best. And this is not a resume, you know, uh, ranking this is just basically who would win on a neutral field you know if you right. matched up all these teams right um all right i'm gonna get us started started off i'm gonna get us started off with uh iowa the hawkeyes they have won 11 games in a row dating back to last year 10 of those by double digits so just easily controlling most teams um they destroyed indiana earlier in the year and seemingly just kind of sucked the life out of indiana they just hoosiers haven't recovered from that um (laughs) easily handed a good iowa state team a loss they just completely handed them no problem and then maryland trey just mentioned they just destroyed them so they're they're and maryland was 4-0 so the common argument though i I guess i hear against them is just that you know the offense is a little eh, spencer petrus just isn't quite good enough you know well I mean, all the teams that are battling for this third spot obviously have at least some sort of weakness onto them. So, you know, to me, Iowa's weakness is at least smart. They don't turn it over. Petrus just has one interception. They rely on the ground game. Tyler Goodson's a good back. Um, you know, so they've been able to play it safe because their defense is so darn good. So I'm just riding yeah. with them. Hawkeyes yeah, have maybe, proven to be really good. Maybe if they've needed more offense, they could have provided it. I don't know. That's could be an argument, yeah. I guess. Wide receivers got to step it up, but you know we'll see if they do when they need it all right i'm gonna make a case for oklahoma uh they've been shaky in their wins of course but they're gutting them out and they've they're undefeated uh the defense maybe hasn't been as dominant as sooner fans kind of had hoped but they're still solid enough Uh, rattler in the offense it doesn't look like the kind of traditional lincoln riley like total high-flying machine that they've been in years past but it still has enough firepower and I saw some signs this past weekend against Kansas State they got Marvin Mims involved Kennedy Brooks um, and and of course um, Rattler was was more than more than good so the Big 12 still runs through Norman yep OU's definitely a strong contender for this three spot first team I'm going to make the case for is Michigan Uh, they've basically played one bad half the whole season that second half against rutgers but they're five and oh they've blown everybody else out if you look at their uh, opponent adjusted efficiency numbers according to fpi and i know people hate fpi but this this ignores the uh their priors which were kind of the ones that got the big buzz of course with mississippi state super high so just <laughs> yeah. looking at how they've performed this season they've got michigan third behind only georgia and bama they've just been consistent and solid really on both sides of the ball so i i think there's a reasonable argument for them i do too i could see that a lot of teams i I just can't say like that's stupid you know like i, I guess i didn't count how many i could believe i think there's six basically like six? all six of these teams that we're about to list maybe there's one i'm not thinking of that got left out yeah. actually i don't even know actually the six that we're gonna list because we haven't yeah. really <laughs> discussed i don't it. know what trey's gonna say but <laughs> i think the six we're gonna name are are all in the discussion like legitimately right yeah right all right uh, uh my second team i'm taking cincinnati um you know this team's obviously been on a roll the last couple of years they won 13 out of 14 but 
their last one the one loss last year of course came to to georgia and the peach bowl and that was with jt daniels so that was a pretty darn good loss by only a field goal right a kind of a heartbreaking game so they have they've proved themselves they're there they're worthy they just won at notre dame um you know and they return practically everybody so it's pretty much the same team that they've had um you know, and they, they got a great defense. They got a solid offense with a good dual threat quarterback, ton of experience. So, I mean, there's just no big holes that you can poke at Cincinnati right now. I think they got a legit case for this number three spot. Agreed. All right, Michael, here's the, the suspense. Okay. Who does, who do I take? I already know. You know, it has to, it has to be Florida State, right? All oh, that talent oh, they got. Yes, they got so much talent down there. Hey, they I mean, they Syracuse. Want to beat Notre, Come on. They almost beat Notre Dame. This yeah. isn't the worst three teams. For the third spot. All right, spot. all right. Hey, Come on now. hey, now they're turning around. No, no. Seriously <laughs> though, I got to go with Penn State. Um, James Franklin. He's just proven that last year was an aberration. Uh, early on in the season, it was ugly, but they got a good win at Wisconsin. They now have a win against Auburn under their belt, and in the other victories, they've been very convincing. Uh, Jahan Dotson is is such a weapon. Sean Clifford looks more like he did two years ago. And that defense is outstanding. Obviously, they have some tough games coming up, but as of right now, they have a pretty good resume. Okay, last team that we are making the case for here, and I guess I'll just say it now, this is the team I'm choosing. This is who I actually think is the third best team in the country right now, and that is Ohio State. Um, The offense, it's not perfect, but it's still been very good, put up a ton of yards in just about every game, Um, and especially this past weekend against Rutgers, you know, a Rutgers defense that had been playing pretty well and just, you know, kind of shut out or not. I don't know if they shut him. Actually, I think they did shut him out in the second half yeah, in the second uh, half. against Michigan. But uh, but yeah, they just made them look terrible. Um, Travion Henderson's emergence has been big. The freshman running back. The defense isn't great. But like Ryan said, all these teams have some sort of weakness. So no one's perfect here. I, I just chose Ohio State because I think they would be favored on a neutral field against any one of these teams that we've listed possible exception of Oklahoma, but I, I would, I would pick Ohio state there. So what, what do you guys think? Uh, my, my final pick was Iowa. Um, okay. when you combine how, just how impressive they've been. I know you might think not talent level. You would kind of think like, Oh, how can they be number three? But they're just dominating, you know, they're just kicking butt. So I think I just got to go with that. That's as good a reason as any for me right now. I also went with Ohio state. Um, I, of course, the defense is a concern, but they they had an exodus of talent, and some of those new faces are developing, and they could improve as the year goes on. And that offense seems to maybe have found uh, their the gear that they were looking for early in the year against Rutgers. So I would tick the Buckeyes. All right, let us know uh, on Twitter and instagram i don't know if you really i guess you could comment yeah comment on the instagram post why not with who you yeah. think is the third best but it's team crazy because the like there's still like other teams that i will not be surprised if they end up finishing third down the road you know yeah like yeah, who did it. we not name there i mean before like cincinnati oregon's the we said, ryan said cincinnati ryan said cincinnati. Uh, oh well never mind <laughs> never <laughs> mind. thanks for listening oregon's the highest ranked yeah. at eighth um or you're actually ahead of yeah. michigan yeah i mean they and beat then, ohio state so and then byu is 10th that's the other highest team so those are the two top 10 teams we didn't say. Didn't okay. They? Okay. Okay. Yeah. And you would have thought Florida before the loss to Kentucky, though. Like you mentioned, they arguably outplayed Kentucky. So, yeah. Who knows? For sure. We'll yep. see. Arizona State, 
they're i mean they that if they hadn't made a million mistakes i mean this is getting that's pretty aggressive to have that's pretty aggressive <laughs> that's pretty yeah. aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> i'm getting a little i'm going too We're far down list the, the list. top 10 yeah. yeah all right anyway uh moving on let's go to week six let's make our picks so georgia is minus 14 and a half at auburn what do you think here trey i mean we've talked about it georgia has pretty much looked untouchable for most of the year you alluded to it michael they've only given the one touchdown their defense has scored more points than they've allowed and they just shut out top 10 arkansas like the offense even with having to kind of go back and forth with jt daniels stetson bennett like it it hasn't been an issue. Uh, we we don't know if JT Daniels will be able to go in this one, but the the one thing that's going against Georgia is this is their first real road test. Uh, Georgia is obviously superior, and they look like the number one or one A team. Um, but I'm going to take a chance against the spread and get in front of this train and and take Auburn on the planes. Uh, Bo Nix he's up and down. Um, Auburn's been a little fortunate the last couple weeks against Georgia State and LSU, but. Nick's he's not a statue. He can maybe use his legs to scramble for a couple first downs. The Auburn defense, they're a top 15 unit. Uh, so I could see them generating a couple stops on that Georgia offense to keep it within a couple scores. I will say credit to Nick's for last week against LSU. He made some crazy yeah. improvisational <laughs> plays, like just ridiculous plays. So, um, you know, he helped him get the win there. I think he's uh, past given, given a toot anymore. He's like, whatever, I'm just going to go play now. Yeah, he's having fun. He's having fun out there. <laughs> no fear. No fear of failure for him. Uh, I'm not going to go with Trey. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to take Georgia. Uh, just too too good. I mean, I even doesn't matter who's playing at quarterback for me. I would prefer it to be JT Daniels. Uh, and I saw that he, he practiced, but did everything but throw. So kind of important <laughs> for a QB to throw. So hmm. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the Mental next reps couple, in the next next few days here in practice. We'll see if he actually throws. Um, but I have my doubts that'll play, but hopefully he does. Either way, so, take him Georgia. So is he like doing dropbacks and just like I'm sure what? not throwing? I, I think this is what Kirby Smart says. Like, <laughs> so he must have done some conditioning and yeah, stuff like that. But he was out there, just wasn't throwing. Okay, I, I'm with you, Ryan, on on taking Georgia. I don't know. I just I think they'll completely shut down Bo Nix and yeah. that offense. So that's yeah. why I'm taking them. That's fair. All right, moving on to uh, another SEC game. We got Arkansas. At Ole Miss, Ole Miss is given six. Ryan, lead us off. Yeah, they both, uh, of course, just lost to the two best teams in the country. They each got pounded. So you can essentially just throw those games out, right, for these two teams. It didn't really matter for them. All right, they were going to lose. So, um, But the question is, who bounces back better here? I'm going to think, I'm going to say Ole Miss will. Um, you know, their offense was disappointing to me, as I mentioned, but I do think they'll be able to find their groove a little bit again against an Arkansas defense that, you know, is no doubt solid, but... It's not Alabama's defense. So, uh, but when you go to the flip side, Arkansas's offense, I'm just not confident in them right now. Um, you know, the, the KJ Jefferson isn't hundred percent healthy with that ankle. I think he's a little bit slowed up uh, and he definitely hasn't, doesn't have the, they don't have the great passing game to rely on. Uh, Traylon Burks is about the only threat they have. He's a good player. No, no doubt about it. But you know, with that, when he's, when, when that's your only guy out there, it's, it's tough. Um, so, you know, I think it'll be a good game. I think it'll be relatively close, but I do think Ole Miss will kind of offensively be a little too much for them and pull away. I agree. I, I see Ole Miss's offense bouncing back and, and I wonder what, if, if what KJ Jefferson has been doing through the air is sustainable because Arkansas is second to last in the sec in passing success rate, but they're number two in explosiveness. And, you know, 
explosiveness can be somewhat random. The better predictor of future explosiveness is not past explosiveness, but past success rate. So that makes me think maybe that passing game, um, you know, it's not always going to be hitting on those those deep balls. So I'll, they had I'll go some with big ones against. I think it was like Georgia Southern or something. They had I think three of uh, half of KJ Jefferson's passes touchdown passes came against Georgia Southern. I think it was or maybe it was Rice, but one or the other. Yeah, well, it's the this is the bounce back bowl. You guys mentioned it. Uh, the one thing is, it's an 11 a.m. kick, so Rebel fans might be a little lethargic there down in the Grove. I'm going to take the six points with Arkansas. Last year, they forced six corral interceptions. <laughs> yeah. uh, they're near the top Forgot of the country <laughs> in pass defense this year. Maybe they just have the recipe to beat the Rebels. Not a bad decision. Uh, all right, let's go uh, to the Red River rivalry. Uh, we got OU as a three-point favorite against Texas in Dallas. Michael, who are you taking? I think I'm going to take OU. Looking at uh, at last week's game, TCU against Texas. TCU had a 62% post-game win expectancy. There were four fumbles in the game. Texas recovered all of them. So I think they were slightly lucky to win that. I think it was basically a, a coin flip game. Um, and I just I don't trust their defense at all right now. It hasn't been good this year. I know B. John Robinson is is an absolute beast, but the passing game comes and goes. Um, and that Arkansas performance a few weeks ago is still kind of in the back of my mind. So I know OU hasn't been super impressive. They've had a lot of close games, but I, I thought they took a step forward last week. That, I don't think that final score was indicative of how well Oklahoma played and how well Spencer Rattler played. So uh Trust Lincoln Riley and OU. I'll, I'll lay the three. Yeah, I I agree. I'm I'm gonna go with Oklahoma too. I mean, I know Texas. A lot of people are saying they've looked so much better with Casey Thompson leading the show since that Arkansas loss, and that's true. But I mean, just because H- Hudson Card started versus Arkansas, I don't think it would have made that massive of a difference as they really just got pounded. And and Texas's defense is it's still very vulnerable. They've given up almost 400 yards a game. Like you said, Mike, I think Rattler and that offense found a little bit something. They got Kennedy Brooks involved, Marvin Mims, and uh, I think Oklahoma can put it together to beat Texas this weekend. I'm going to disagree with you guys. OU is just not pounding folks this year. And in the Red River rivalry, this has been a pretty tightly contested game, seems lately. Um, it kind of comes down to a dicker the kicker field goal or maybe Gabe Burkich, uh, <laughs> a couple, couple quality kickers. But yeah, I, I just don't see it going... Uh, more than one score either way. I think it'll be come down to the end. So I'm going to take those three points. I like Texas. I think their ground game can kind of control it a little bit. Um, OU's defense has been a little bit vulnerable like that. So yeah, I'm laying, I'm, I'm giving the, I'm taking the three points with Texas here. Okay. We move on from, from the game day game to one that a lot of people thought got snubbed Penn state at yeah, Iowa Fox game. Fox game. Yep. Top five matchup here. Iowa is favored two and a half at home. So it's kind of, it's kind of asking like who do you think's the better team? Pretty much. Yep, exactly. And I am going to take Iowa. I can't go against what I said earlier, so. Yeah. You know, people have been doubting them. People are down the Hawkeyes uh, so far this year. I'm not I'm going to stick with them. Um I just think they're better than people want to believe. Um their defense is great led by Jack Campbell, a linebacker, Riley Moss in the secondary has come up with quite a few picks. Uh Zach Van Valkenburg kind of came back for his last year. State didn't doing really well on that D-line. They're legit. I mean, nothing flashy, but they're legit. So give me Iowa, and I'll take the minus two and a half. 
Yeah. Penn, I mean, Penn State, they're also looking to buck some trends. They haven't won a road game against a top five team since 1994. Uh, and the one thing, I guess no. so, yeah. Kerry Collins, 94? Uh, that's, that sounds right. Kajana Carter, maybe. Carter might have been later. But, anyways, um, yeah, when you talk about this game specifically, like, like you said, Ryan, a lot of people point to the Hawkeyes offense and yeah, they're 118th in yards per game, but they, they somehow do just enough. Obviously their defense helps put them in good positions. And I know they have to do, they do have to play a top five defense in Penn state, but I just, I would just wins. They've, they've won 11 in a row. They just, they find ways. They looked outstanding last week. As I, as I mentioned earlier against Maryland with that, um, I could see them really keeping Clifford in, in check and, uh, and they'll probably, um, really key on Jahan Dotson and I think they'll get a tight victory. All right, I'm I'm going against you guys. I think this is probably guaranteed to be an ugly low-scoring game and I just figure <laughs> <Do> you think <laughs> uh, yeah, I might as well take some points with a team that I think Penn State's a little better. I, I think they're obviously they're more talented, that's not everything, but uh they've I think got a better quarterback. Sean Clifford is is playing pretty well. He's and more importantly, he has I just think much better weapons. Jahan Dotson, Parker Washington, way better than anything uh iowa has in their receiving Tyler core. Goodson are solid no that's true i mean they're that but i don't know there's a reason penn state's the passing penn game state has been a lot guys. better i would add yes edge skill to penn state so yeah i'm i'm taking the two and a half all right very good all right here's a another fun one notre dame is given one at virginia tech michael what uh what are you seeing well, it seems like most uh, Notre Dame fans want Brian Kelly to move on from Jack Cohn, uh, which is crazy. After that, you know, after the first game against Florida State, it was like, wow, Cohn is looking great, um, but hasn't gone super well since then. And so Drew Pine is who people want them to start, but the, the depth chart came out and Cohn is listed as the starter. So We'll, we'll see if that, that plays out on Saturday. But either way, I like the Irish. Um, they're taking a major step down in class here compared to that Cincinnati game. I think their defense can shut down Burmeister. Virginia Tech's offense hasn't been very good this year. And, you know, I just think Notre Dame's offense is going to have a much easier time this week than it did against Cincinnati. So I just think Notre Dame's better. They may be a hair, a hair better, but I'm going to go with the Hokies here. Um, you know, it's a night game. In Lane Stadium, going to be rocking. Fans will be ready. The team will be ready. I would expect Virginia Tech's going to play their their best game so far up to this point. I'd expect maybe a low scoring game. I don't think you know either offense are going to light it up. Um, but the problem I have with Notre Dame is they they just can't run the ball, um, and it's tough to win, especially when you go into a tough road environment if you just can't trust the ground game. So. You know, and, and the the uncertainty at QB uh, that has me a little worried as well. So you know, I know they're solid qbs probably either way but i'm gonna i'm gonna take that point with virginia tech at home and say the magic in lane stadium wins out yeah i mean i because i agree i think notre dame might be better overall but really i'm just not a fan of that quarterback shuffling it's just too unsettled for me to to back them on the road here i'm gonna i'm guessing it's pine just because he kind of put life into that offense uh late in the game against cincinnati but i'm gonna take the Hokies. they had an extra week to prepare Ryan, you said that that the Irish haven't run the ball well. I could see linebacker Dak, Dax Hollyfield having a big game. I'm actually going to make the Hokies my lock. Oh wow, that's that's interesting. That's bold. I've been yeah, bold pretty much yeah, every well, week, and 
All All right. What's our our last big game here? Uh, We got Alabama is on the road in College Station going to Texas A&M. They are 17.5 point favorites. Trey, uh, who are you taking here? Well, first of all, it's one of the rare CBS primetime games that we get. Um, But I I was going to say, like, I think of any team in the country, Texas A&M might be my most disappointing so far. I agree. Uh, Yeah, they've lost two in a row. They're not really beaming with confidence at this point. I've picked against Bama a couple times this year and been burned. And even though this seems like a lot, especially against the, you know, the Aggies, they have a good defense and they have a great home field. I'm going to take the tide. I just don't see the Aggies having enough sustained offense to keep this game tight. Like Calzada isn't that efficient. He's just above 50% completion rate, five touchdowns, four picks. Alabama, we just saw them stymie one of the best offenses in the country of Ole Miss. I think they're going to roll in College Station. Yeah, I I picked against A&M last week against Mississippi State just because I just like they just have sucked this year. I don't know. I I mean, defense is good, but the offensive line has been bad. Calzada has been bad. Maybe they finally. I know. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Colorado's (laughs) terrible, and they put up what seven points, ten points, whatever it was. It was ten, and they scored very late. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. I just I know that was the game Calzada got thrown in there, but still, like. I can't pick them. I just can't. I can't yeah. pick them. Maybe, yeah, I mean, tough. the spread is the spread for a reason. Like, I, I think there's yeah. probably a roughly 50% chance they cover this. You got but, a good defense, regardless yeah. of how bad and, their and offense the, is. The, that, it, College Station will be rocking the 12th man. I'm sure we'll get up for this game. But my dumb brain just tells me, like, oh, there's no way A&M covers this. So I'm going to listen to my dumb brain and take Alabama and make it my lock. Yeah, wow, that's it's. Uh, I I was tempted to go with a lock on this one as well. It's just hard to imagine A and M keeping it even relatively close. I won't make it my lock, but I'm gonna feel pretty confident taking Bama here. They're just I, Alabama's just way too way too good. They just destroyed Ole Miss, who I think was you know probably a little better than A and M at this point. So yeah, tied it is, yeah, no doubt. Okay, let's uh, finish out this slate of games with our honorable mentions, Trey. All right, so leading off, we got Stanford is playing at Arizona State on Friday night, and Arizona State is favored 12. And ASU, they're coming in with confidence. Uh, they win con- won convincingly at UCLA. They shut UCLA out in the second half. Tanner McKee he has made Stanford look better, uh, led them on a clutch drive to beat Oregon, but I'm still not fully sold on them. Their defense isn't that great, uh, especially on the ground. I think Rashad White is going to have a big day for the Sun Devils, and their defense will keep McKee in check. I'll take Sparky. Michigan is minus 3.5 at Nebraska. A lot of people are going to look at this line and be surprised it's that low, but Nebraska's playing much better. They've covered five straight games. I think if I wasn't a fan of Nebraska, I'd bite on Nebraska's recent success, but knowing this team, I just want to see them do it against a formidable opponent. Michigan's Aiden Hutchinson could be a force against Nebraska's weaker offensive line. It's going to be a great night atmosphere in Lincoln, but I'm going to side with Michigan until Nebraska proves it to me in a, in a big game. And then TCU, minus one and a half at Texas Tech. I've been on the Horn Frag, Frogs wagon all year, but it just hasn't really clicked. Not the whole year they have for to play your the, whole life, Trey. Well, that's fair. But now they have to play their first road game after losing big games against rival SMU and Texas. It's really almost a must-win game if they want to be in the mix at the end of the year. Red Raiders aren't great, but they're off to a 4-1 start after upsetting West Virginia and Morgantown last week. So I'm going to take the point and a half and side with the Red Raiders. 
All right. Boise State at BYU and uh, BYU's favorite five. Boise has been pretty disappointing this year. Um, but to me, this game kind of completely depends on whether either of BYU's top two quarterbacks can make it back. Baylor Romney uh, is in concussion is in concussion protocol. Jaron Hall, of course, been injured for a few weeks now. So as of this recording, not sure if either of them are going to make it back. And the offense last week was completely different with the third string freshman in there. So if news comes out that one of them is playing and you're able to quickly get minus five with BYU, then I would take it. But otherwise, I guess I'd take Boise State just because of the difference in quarterback there. Uh, Maryland at Ohio State. Buckeyes are favored 21. And Iowa was clearly just a very bad matchup for Talia. They took advantage of every mistake he made. But I think the Maryland passing game is, is going to have some success against Ohio State's secondary, even with Demas out. Of course, that was a gruesome injury. Uh, but I'll take Ohio State to win, Maryland to cover. And then my final game, Wake Forest, minus 6.5 at Syracuse. Wake has a legit chance to get to 8-0 over the next few weeks before playing at North Carolina, which is also, of course, a winnable game. But this one here is not a gimme. Dino Babers having a nice bounce back year, you know, maybe saving his job if that was in jeopardy. And the defense, 3-3-5, is playing well. The running game with Sean Tucker is great. And, and of course, with uh, Garrett Schrader in at quarterback. And Wake Forest is 11th in the ACC in rushing success rate allowed. So I will take Syracuse to get the cover. Go Deeks. Uh, all right. My first game here, I got LSU at Kentucky. Kentucky is a three-point favorite right now. Night game in Lexington. Team is playing with a lot of confidence. Place should be electric. Um, I know Kentucky's offense doesn't really scare anybody, uh, but I think they'll run the ball well with Chris Rodriguez. And on the flip side, LSU just really struggles on the ground. So I think the ground game is going to be the key. I think Kentucky's going to win, and I'm going to make Kentucky my lock of the week. Uh, Next game, I got Utah going to Los Angeles to play the Trojans. Trojans are favored three. Tough to know what you're going to get with USC, man. It's just like, what the heck's going on? Uh, so I'm going to take the Utes because I just I have no idea what's going on in L.A. So USC's lost two straight home games and just dominated in both. They Stanford and Oregon State just whooped them. So and not exactly superpowers. Um, so Utah, yes, they have two losses, but they don't have any Pac-12 losses yet. They lost to at BYU and at SDSU. So they're 1-0 undefeated in Pac-12 play. I think they'll dominate on the ground and win straight up. And last game, Michigan State minus five at Rutgers. Uh, can Michigan State kind of keep the great season going? It's been uh, it's been a fun one for them so far. I, they maybe can, but I'm going to take the five points with Rutgers. Um, I think it's going to be a close game. Peyton Thorne did probably get his groove back a little bit last week uh, against Western Kentucky. Um, and Rutgers is coming off a couple of tough losses to a couple of really good teams. But I think Rutgers can compete with Sparty. Um, they, they stifled Michigan's offense a couple weeks back. No reason why they can't make it tough on Sparty. So give me Rutgers. Okay, uh, that'll do it for the week six slate. Let's finish the episode with a questionable finish. Arguably the two worst teams in the country meet up on Saturday, UConn and UMass. If you were the worst in the country at something, what do you think it would be? I'm going to say Hula Hooper. I am <laughs> god awful hula hooper. My goodness! Wow! I tried it the wow. other day and just just like immediately goes to the ground. <laughs> like I got nothing. <laughs> it's been a while since Move I've tried, hips. so I don't know. Hey, well, you know. <laughs> I think I'm the worst in the country at remembering to get the mail. 
Like if I'm driving home oh and I gosh. know, oh, I've got to go stop at the mailbox on the way home, 100% chance I'm going to forget. I'm going to drive right to my, you know, <laughs> apartment. In my, my mansion, uh, sorry, that yeah. I, from all the podcast revenue. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Your mailman just must love you. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Mine would be probably whistling. I cannot whistle. Mm. Give it a I, shot. Give it a I shot. Just, I just blow. It's just, <laughs> it's just, a, it's nothing. It's, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Michigan's win at Wisconsin was Harbaugh's first win as an underdog since he's been there. What's another stat that is so crazy it sounds like it can't possibly be true? So I'm not a big hockey guy, but I am absolutely mind blown by the the one that if Wayne Gretzky never scored a goal, he would still be the NHL's all-time points leader. That's crazy. That is crazy. He dominated so much. It's just like nuts. nuts. All right. Ryan, I think you know where I'm going to go with this one. We maybe brought it up on this podcast a couple years ago, but Baylor guard Lace Darius Dunn oh. <laughs> in 2008, oh. 2009. So he was a ball dominant guard, a good player, put up 19 points per game. So you'd think, all right, even though he's not necessarily like a great passer, he's bound to get a few assists a game. He's he got the tough, ball that yeah. much, you're a guard. Uh, but he had zero assists that year in the first 12 <laughs> games of Big 12 play and the full Big 12 slate he had a, a total of two assists not two per game just like two. 18 games like it's it's why he's, he's a starter plays like 30 minutes a game I don't know how you do, I just does make no sense to me there must have obviously he he doesn't doesn't didn't pass much but there must have been <laughs> yeah. an insane amount of misses like there had to be some bad luck there there must have yeah, been, been like have been. 0 for 30 on jump shots or something yeah off of his passes that's I mean because just by being a, yeah, I don't know, just being on the court, you're going to get <laughs> yeah. those. Like, like if he was a center, that's crazy to only have two assists in that much hardly time. Hardly touches the ball. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was, I forgot about that one. Um, for me, the global rate for washing your hands after going to the bathroom is less than 20%. Oof. So one of us doesn't do it, or two of us don't do it. Excuse me. Is that, is that the way it works? So two, hey, at least two of us. You know what? I went to the restroom right before the show. We'll leave it a mystery whether I wash my hands. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm not eating. <laughs> it was number one. Sarah. Number one. All right, let's get to our upset specials. <laughs> Got to pick a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. <laughs> I hit Stanford over Oregon last week, so you know, oh, pat I myself on the back there. I couldn't find any good ones this week. Like there's, there were barely any spreads in kind of the seven to ten range. Uh, Ryan, you took one there, but I'm taking a big mm-hmm. long shot. Why not? Arkansas State to win at home as a nineteen and a half point underdog against Coastal Carolina. I mean, Arkansas State's defense is terrible, terrible. So it's going to have to be a shootout. Uh, but yeah. maybe, you know, James Blackman and, and Lane Hatcher have at times, you know, shown the ability to put up big, big numbers. Yeah. All right. I like it. I'm going to go with East Carolina. They're getting 10 at UCF. UCF's now lost two in a row, including an upset loss at Navy last week. And they might just be losing interest without Dylan Gabriel. East Carolina just put it to Tulane. Their only losses are at the buzzer to South Carolina and at App State. Old Nailers can can light it up. All right. I can see that. Um, let's see here. Mine is Illinois. They are getting, I think it's 10. Uh, yeah, there it is. 10. Yeah, against Wisconsin <laughs> at home. 
last week, Chase Brown, running back, he had 257 yards in the ground. I know it's Charlotte, but Charlotte's actually not bad. They beat Duke. Uh, and Wisconsin's offense, I think like anybody has a chance when they're playing Wisconsin because they just can't score. So give me Illinois. All right. That'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros podcast. Uh, be sure to leave us a five-star review if you haven't already. If you'd like to subscribe to our Patreon, that's probably the best way to support us. We'd really appreciate that. Go to patreon.com slash Bros. We've got a backlog of, of bonus episodes there. Several of them are evergreen, so there's lots of content there. And you also get to join our Discord server where we're talking football, talking nonsense all week long. So would appreciate that. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.